listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. To the Batman Universe Specials Podcast. My name is Donovan, and today we have with us. This is John. This is Joe. This is Josh. And today, us four are going to take a look at the uh, direct video DC animated movie Superman Batman Public Enemies. Um, before we get down on this commentary, uh, starting with John, what are some thoughts going into watching this movie? Um. I've watched this movie a few times, and uh, it's it's really really I, I enjoy it. It's not deep or anything like that, but it's uh, it's definitely a fan's favourite. It's the two big superheroes teaming up together, uh, taking on a load of bad guys, fighting some classic villains. Um, uh, you know, it's what every uh, every comic book fan really wants to see and it's nice to see it in film and uh yeah i've uh before i saw this i had a lot of bad hype around the film but um i thought i'd give it a go anyway because it is batman and i've seen better but it, it's not the worst it's it's quite fun if you just want to sit back and watch an action film but apart from that it's um no i mean that's all you can really see as I actually have not seen this movie before or read the comic, so and for once I've actually refrained from Googling spoilers or anything. So this will be the first time for me. I have no idea what to think going in. Live action. Much to spoil. Live action reactions. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> this will be the last time you hear it. Um, yeah, I, I quite... Uh, I have mixed feelings because I actually enjoy the original comic book that this is based off of because, you know, with uh, Jeff Loeb writing and Ed McGinnis drawing, this was the initial story arc to the Batman Superman or Superman Batman uh, comic book, which I quite enjoy. And this movie took some liberties with uh, the storyline that some things were the same, some things were different. Um, overall, I do enjoy it because I think that the chemistry works with Superman and Batman, especially getting uh, Kevin Conroy and Tim Daly back to voice them. And having Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor was uh, a brilliant choice to fall back on. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, 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 I am entertained by it, but uh, we shall see if that opinion will change. As we say here at the Batman Universe... Get your nachos, get your popcorn, get your Twizzlers, get your peanuts, get your candy, get your gummy bears, get your soda, get your pizza, get your uh, vice of choice. Sandwiches. Uh, sandwiches, <laughs> peanut butter and jelly, if you're me, and you aren't. <laughs> and um, keying up with us, we will start the movie when I say the word play. So, in three, two, one, play.
every time I start these animated commentaries or these animated movies, um, I always expect like the comic book thing. Like, you know, like when they show like, like, like panels from Hush and stuff, like the Riddler. And um, I'm always disappointed that they're not there. I guess I'm used to them from live action movies. And this is very, uh, <laughs> I believe this movie came out in 2009-ish. Uh, so I guess like this whole storyline with uh, the economy <laughs> going to ridiculous uh, frenzy is sort of a comment on the times. Especially with this pundit right here, who kind of reminds me of Conan O'Brien. I was going to say uh, John Stewart from... Um... The uh, Daily Politics show. Yeah, that might be it because the weekly show instead of the... Okay, right, right. I guess I, guess I was thinking uh, of Conan O'Brien because of the green eyes and red hair. I think it's probably an amalgamation of, of uh, both of them, really. They're both, mm. As far as I know, they're both very popular. As far as I know, um, and I could be wrong about the American political system, uh, isn't it almost impossible... Um, for a third party candidate to get into power, um, as is my understanding, and I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. Like third party candidates are more there to like you know if they get a bunch of votes, it kind of they see that oh we need to focus on their like what they were like if they get, if they attract enough people, then like they see that they're uh, what they were going after. They need the ugh, the president like in power or whoever they're running. Against, like, oh, we should probably touch on these issues. It's gonna be all political now. <laughs> I'm afraid so, my lad. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but I think that um, I think there'd be odds of an of an independent being elected, even even like making it to the main primaries are slim to nil, just due to the way uh, North America, North America, just America is split. But um, yeah. As as the colors change from black, white, and red, oh, the symbolism. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um. Like, again, and this was done in the comics where Luthor had been president for a, a year, a couple of years before this storyline started up. Um, and I've not read, I mean, I think I read it a little bit when it was coming out. But it was a long time ago. I've not read in recent memory the lead up to him being elected Superman or being elected president. But um, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, political jury rigging around with, with how it actually goes around in real life. I always thought this was based in reality because. Every four years, no offense to, to you guys, you seem to elect someone who the rest of the world genuinely thinks is insane. Um, I, I have what do my, you mean? <laughs> I have my fingers crossed for Sarah, Sarah Palin next year because she'll destroy the world, but it will be the best four years of my life. <laughs> Watching America don't go down in flames. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty much. And we should say that, like, like the reason America will go down in flames is because it's 2012, and not just because she's the president. We're 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 a bipartisan <laughs> podcast, oh, yeah. of course. <laughs> you can also vote for the Democrats as well. They're there. Mr. Amberkowitz, um, what do you guys think about them getting the original voice? Well, most of the original voices back for this. They got, uh, like, as we said, Kevin Conroy and Tim Daly for Superman and Batman. Or Batman and Superman, respectively. I think they're. Well, and they I also got... I, I'm happy with it. 
I uh, always enjoy Kevin Conroy as Batman because he is my Batman. He's the voice I hear whenever I read a comic book. And uh, also, it can get a bit confusing because this isn't set in the DCAU. It's, uh, I still enjoy it, and I think he's very talented. So, I think, uh, of course, Kevin Conroy does a great job, too. And it's, it's more to me, though, it's more of just the... Like, I, I know that voice, and I see that as Batman. Whereas if it's someone else, not other than Kevin Conroy, then, you know, I, I might hear that person as Batman. So it's just like having the, the same, hearing the same voice is, is always a good thing, too. I think it's, uh, like you guys say, it, you know, they are Batman and Superman. Um, and I think everybody grew grew up with, with them through the Batman and Superman animated series. So, uh, I'm... I can't say Kevin Conroy is actually my favourite Batman. I really prefer Will Greenwood um, from uh, Under the Red Hood. I Bruce Greenwood, yeah. Bruce Greenwood, sorry. Uh, I, I, for me, he sounds oh. just sounds more like I'd imagine Batman talks, whereas Kevin Conroy's just that little bit too dark, a bit too Tim Burton, I think, is what I'm really looking for. Okay. I guess I can imagine that. I mean, like, personally, I like Kevin Conroy because his Batman just seems very, very... He can be low-key when he wants to. He has such a deep sort of, like, back into his voice. And he seems very contemplative and very uh, controlled. But, um, I mean, to each his own, it's, it's no big thing. I'm going to say it's um we've gone past it a bit now but uh first plot hole of the film for <laughs> me is um <laughs> when that when uh, you saw the helicopter flying along and then um someone commentating on it and then it you know when superman shot past it uh it got buffeted by him but uh someone was clearly commentating on it going whoa what was that but who was filming the helicopter oh i didn't think about <laughs> well because of that plot hole, the entire movie falls apart. <laughs> it's the first of many. Now, what do you guys think of the designs in this movie? Because these are all done after the Ed McGuinness design, uh, illustrative style. Um, I personally think that it kind of goes back and forth. I think some of them are okay, and some of them honestly look really, really exaggerated to the point where I'm not sure if it works. Uh, Power Girl, for one, because... Even in the commentary... Um, how do I put this? Uh, filled out, but um, there are times where even like I think her head looks kind of weird, and um, her eyes look really strange. So, uh, but what do you guys? What do you guys think about the designs in this in this movie? Hey, uh, real quick, I'm not like so versed in the DC universe outside of Batman, but who's that silver guy? Uh, Captain Adam. Oh, he look. I keep thinking he's Canadian because I see that <laughs> that the red. He's as American as apple pie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Captain, Captain Adam is a character uh, created by Steve Ditko who uh, can basically – he's basically – he can fly in his super strength and he basically absorbs radiation. So that's his deal. Ah. Talking of character designs, it looks like Lex Luthor's neck is wider than his head. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's – and we'll see later on that Luthor is uh, pretty buff himself. I don't know. No, for the most part, I enjoy the character. 
for the most part, I enjoy the character designs. I think they uh, they look pretty good. But yeah, it, it varies from character to character. I'm going to throw this out there. I genuinely think all the guys, all the male superheroes, look exactly the same. I don't know if you know, but when um, Captain Atom and um, Major, Major Cross stand next to each other, they're exactly the same, just slightly different colour, and that ruins it um, for me. And the design of Amanda Waller. <laughs> what are they thinking? Well, Why would they do that? <laughs> Why? She, she just, I, she looks horrible. <laughs> She's oozing out of her out of her suit. Yeah, she does. She looks like she's been designed by someone who just thought, "Oh, I'll just make her look like she's melted." Uh, I, I question that ice sculpture of the president on the on the uh, on the front lawn. I mean, I, I don't think that any current president would have a, made, a sculpture made of themselves out of ice, but whatever. I, I do like how the first time we see Batman, Superman's at Batman's factory. I think that's kind of cool. I, I can't explain why though. Batman's like looking at YouTube right now. <laughs> He's not about the politics. He's about the lols cat. <laughs> I actually think that they, Kevin Conroy and Tim Daly, because they had that relationship built from uh, the anime series, they really sell this movie for me. Like, if nothing else, this is the best part of the movie, just the way they, they talk. <clears throat> they certainly, you know, act and behave like they genuinely are friends, uh, which I think is, is nice. It's very easy to go down that Frank Miller route of Batman and Superman hating each other and Superman being a tool and... Yeah, that's, this is actually a very contrarian if you want to look at that relationship because I was actually talking to you guys earlier that um, while I like The Dark Knight Returns, I really don't like that last chapter just because I don't think it makes any sense for Batman to want to beat Superman. I, I, can, I can get behind the idea that ideally from, a, uh, from a, uh, an objective standpoint, the way they go about crime fighting is different and they disagree on things and even have a, a rough relationship at times. That's totally fine. But for Batman to actually want to, to take down Superman – to me, I just think it makes no sense. So, well, I, I like the the rough relationship they have. The fact that they are good friends at the end of the day is something I fall back on, and I think that this movie does very well. I find just the way Superman is just appalled at how how Lex Luthor is like creeping up his butt. Of course, uh, you've got Metallo there, voiced by the great uh, John C. McKinley, uh, Doctor Cox from Scrubs. And my love for him, just for being in this movie, has gone up tenfold. Even though he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very that's that's one of my my biggest annoyances: the fact that some some of the really famous voice actors in here barely say anything. Jennifer Hale. Uh, who does she play in this one? She plays Starfire, and she literally says "huh, huh, huh, huh," and that's it. I'll tell you one better. Um, uh, LeVar Burton plays Black Lightning, who is a major, you know, major, major actor, and he has one line <laughs> and disappears for this. Disgusting when I saw that, but we'll, we'll get to that list much later. Let's, let's watch uh, 
Superman kills Smetella here. I think um, the effect of Kryptonite on Superman is varies a lot in this film. Oh, it's a Terminator. Yeah. In the comic book, Metallo in this fight... Well, this fight's not in the comic book. Well, it is and it isn't. It doesn't make sense. But the way Metallo is portrayed in the comic book is very much Terminator-like. He like, kind of turns his hands into stuff. Um, but, uh, oh, there you go. Yeah. Exactly. What you were saying earlier, Joe, about... Uh, the variation on uh, the kryptonite affecting Superman. That's that's very true. <laughs> now that <laughs> there's a graveyard right next to a, an industrial complex, which is interesting. Are they are they in Washington right now? Or are they in uh, no? They're in Gotham because, well, Josh hasn't seen it. But uh, spoilers if they're in Gotham. No, no, it's a very flamboyant role there. I think this, I'm just, uh, no, real quick. I think this is the first scene that's like that is legitimately out of the comic books. Um, this this quite because up till now like that they've actually kind of like conglomerated themes from the comic book and made them into like new scenes. Uh, but this right here, I don't, I don't think I don't I don't see some man like destroying tombstones just to fight some guy. I, I don't really don't see him doing that. But I think it's out of character. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Josh? Oh, there's nothing. I, I was just like. Uh. <laughs> I know what you mean, Donovan, about them merging um, and, and chopping bits out from the things, because um, one of the original, in the comic books, one of the members of... Um, uh, Captain Atom's force is uh, John Stewart, one of the Green Lanterns, and he mm-hmm. doesn't appear in this at all. Um, I think probably simply for confusion, and also it'd just be a bit. I think a lot of people would probably say, "Well, why doesn't Green Lantern just beat the hell out of both of them?" Basically, he's got. I don't think that. Um, yeah. Well, the, in the comic book, a lot of the fights are really just fights. They don't, there's not really any logical progression. So I think that if you had Green Lantern there, it would be too much to swallow the, the fact that he couldn't take on Batman. <laughs> I, 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 I enjoyed the scene with the, their dialogue. In the comic book, when Metallo shoots Superman, I remember Batman's like, no! But here he just blows Metallo up. But this, this dialogue right here is right out of the comic book. <laughs> Not amused. <laughs> Really hot from Superman as well. I should just get a sense of humor, like a miserable old thing. Metallican reconfigure. Why wasn't he? Why didn't he um get his arm back? His uh, left arm. Uh, science. Uh, 
And before, he was uh, exposed to kryptonite and he was barely able to stand. Now he's got it inside him and he's able to hold up. I think that's part of the animation, honestly. In the comic book, he's like really struggling, even though he's, he is making it along. In this one, he looks he, look, he does look fine. This part's weird. This <laughs> is like... <laughs> That's just really weird, weirdly written. Oh, it's you. Hi, how are you doing? Um, I think this part is right here. There's there are a couple times in this movie where where the relationship between Batman and Superman gets a little bromancy, and uh, I think this part, in my opinion, illustrates that a little bit. Oh my. Yeah, that's how you know it's in Gotham because they can walk to the back cave underwater. But this stuff, I, 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 this one may be one of my favorite scenes, if not my favorite scene in the movie, just the way, just the way they, their relationship is played out in the, in the dialogue. It's also slightly reminiscent of a uh, Batman Gotham Knight where he was. Shot and he was like walking under the sewers, I think. Yeah, I love this bit about Magpie. Uh, it's a nice little nod to two extra characters that they they fought and sorted out. But yeah. I, don't, I don't get when Superman goes. Why, why is it always the good villains die? Bit weird. <laughs> Can you have good villains oh. that are an oxymoron? <laughs> Well, it's all, all the Superman's villains are fat dudes in suits, but um, uh, I, I, for those who don't know, in like in the post-crisis modern continuity, Batman and Superman first met fighting the supervillain Magpie. So that's a nice nod to continuity. I thought Batman just goes, "She died." <laughs> Somehow, I don't know how. Alfred got down there very quickly. <laughs> He's watching the soap opera, and then he's like, intruder alert. He's like, got one, and grab the gun. <laughs> in the comic book, you can tell that the, the, the limits of animation, because in the comic book, Superman has this massively hair, like this um, Sean Connery-esque kind of chest. So... Not, not, not. So, a, he's a baby seal in this movie. So how did uh, Alfred cl- um, repair Superman's suit when it's supposed to be Kryptonian and then indestructible? Because I don't think a sewing needle would pierce it. Uh, I don't know. Ba- Batman's <laughs> always prepared. His his bad sewing needle. <laughs> yeah. Never know when you might, might need it. Holy bat sewing! It's in a sewing needle. <laughs> Do you think Alfred watches films on the massive TV that Batman's got? I would. Well, he's probably watching soap opera. I mean, got the truth alert. <laughs> Dynasty. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if Batman just came down one day and caught him watching Batman and Robin? Turn it off! 
<laughs> like yeah. anybody's gonna believe that. Like the Americans, like can't be like tricked at all by the media. I love I love Superman's reaction to this actually. It does look really bad for him. So is NBZ a play on words of NBC? NBC, TMZ. (laughs) They're all the same. If you look right here to my science... Do you think this is the first time the the, uh, the public know that there's a massive meteor coming towards them? Because there's kind of no reference that it's been on anything, any other TV programs or anything like that. He's just kind of pulled it out suddenly and just gone, oh, by the way, good meteor coming. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not coming. I mean, I guess if it's endangering the world, the entire planet would be uh, discussing it. Even though Superman is America's America's, uh, property, for lack of a better phrase. This is, this is another thing that's not in the comic book. And actually, uh, Lois Lane, who makes a cameo at the very end of this movie, spoilers. Um, I remember she actually pops in uh, the Oval Office after the interview, before a private interview with Luthor instead of Power Girl. See, I, I honestly think this scene with Power Girl is pointless because it goes away, and then it comes back, and then it goes away again for virtually no progression. And it's quite creepy that he's just sat alone in the dark, brooding... Like some kind of weird evil villain. They're in an energy crisis. <laughs> Global warming. The lights off. It's a terrible thing. Oh, that was actually slightly small. If I was Power Girl, I wouldn't be standing on the presidential rug right in front because knowing Lex Luthor, that could be a trapdoor. Dr. Evil style. With like the sharks with lasers and everything. Well, she works for him, so he's not going to hurt her or anything. I'd love Lex Luthor to have a mini me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's dangerous thinking there. <laughs> I think that might appear in one of the comics in, in the future. I'm, I'm throwing it out to Neil Adam. <laughs> Especially with Paul Cornell writing, anything could happen. <laughs> yeah. I love that dialogue. Is Paul Cornell the one who's writing Knight and Squire at the moment? Oh, yes. Wow. He's God. signed off on his last issue a couple of weeks ago. Oh, thank God for that. That was terrible. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do it. You know not oh. oh, dear. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, in Britain we have rubbish superheroes, and it's Christmas all the time. But, yeah. I, I thought it was brilliant. I'm sad it's gone, and apparently he won't be back. I'm not disappointed that that it's gone.
There are a lot of uh, DC cameos with, with villains in this, in this scene. So, for anyone who doesn't know, that's the Superman villain, Silver Banshee, who I don't know too much about, to be honest. And we got uh, whether they not appeared yet. <laughs> that's got to be even worse for Superman with his special hearing. Definitely. Oh. Now there's Icicle, Captain Cold, Mr. Freeze, and Killer Frost. Yes. You got a little Thanks. ice villain who dresses like this. Why are there so many ice villains in one place? Was it their trade union meeting or, or something? They just seem to appear. They, they, uh, uh, there's a reason for that, which uh, is explained in a couple of minutes. But they're all in it for the money, honey. So young. So naive. I would laugh so much if Superman just dropped her from there. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like a meteor. <laughs> Those guys look like people from Street Fighter. They're so thick. It's Grey Hulk. This is definitely on the comic books, this whole fight with all these characters. I'm not trying to get it. Batman's one weakness. That shot right there is a panel. I remember. With the exact dialogue. Yeah, that'll work. It's like a weird sentinel Iron Man. <laughs> so, Mongol can breathe on action. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Grown who don't feel so good, Grony gonna feel a lot worse. Now this I think sucks because this um okay, you have Shiva right there. No one who reads the comic books, who doesn't read the comic books know who she is. And this came right after the Hush storyline, which Jeff Lowe also wrote. So there was a lot of baggage in the original comic book where um he beats up Shiva for what she did to Catwoman that you don't get in here just because they, they don't really explain it. So I think they might as well just cut this out. And she, because he takes her out, like, so immediately, it's not explained that the only reason he can is because she's mind-controlled. So, like, otherwise, it, otherwise, people who know who Shiva is, is like, how, how the heck can she be beaten so easily? It's, it's very complicated. That was cool.
He's a good throw, otherwise he could just like cut her neck. That's another panel. I mean, here's another line I think. Where Superman Rivers is dying, which I think is awesome. See, I don't a lot of these people I don't okay, there's Copperhead, Catman, Deathstroke, Eclipso, um, Despero, Shriek, Black Tarantula. Is that, I, got, I guess it's Tiger Shark. I'm not sure who these guys are. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. I love yeah. that line. You see a lot of uh, B-list uh, villains and sort of people who aren't going to do much in this scene, like Bane. I don't think he's coming up in anything at all uh, in the near future. So, yeah, no, Bane, Bane is, Bane's a, a forgotten character that's not going to be seen anymore. Yeah, who's that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's nice that he gets a little run out, especially, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the audience listening to this commentary can hear us winking at them. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I might leave that in as a, as a serious point to see. <laughs> yeah, there's Captain Adam's main thing. Like a, like a marvelous Capcom super move. See, those guys, I don't know who they are besides, besides Cheetah. I legitimately don't know who they are. And here are... See, because in, in the comic book, they also had a... Is Katana there? Right there? I know she shows up later. Oh, yeah, she's in the background. And it sucks because um, Katana... In the comic book, Power Girl and Katana and Starfire and Green Lantern, I believe, pretty much everybody except for Captain Adam and Nature Force are, um, they, they eventually go on their side. And especially Katana, because Katana has a relationship with Batman due to being on the Outsiders. And this one, you get none of that. And I think Batman punches her out, which is, see, it's one of those storytelling things that they, they cut the overall film. He does look like Captain Canada in that shot. Not quite as oh. cool as Captain Cornwall. <laughs> <laughs> his neck is bigger than his head. I, I would like to salute Jennifer Hale for her brilliant voice acting during <laughs> these scenes. She does very, very well. <laughs> the more I look at this, the more I agree that a lot of the uh, the male superheroes all look the same, pretty much. No doubt. Like their bodies. Starfire was weird this movie, I think. Yes, yeah, he knocked around when she was on the scene the whole time. Same with the same with the uh, Black Lightning.
See, in the comic book, Power Girl wasn't she wasn't a, as much of a, a central character in this movie as she is in the comic book. Or no, in the comic book, she wasn't. She didn't have a, that big of a role. But in this movie, they made her out into a more passive, uh, submissive character. And I just don't think that's Power Girl. To be honest, I mean, she's not like she's not like a um, stop or anybody. She's she's not like a really aggressive character. But at the same time, she's a lot more confident. And I found that to be annoying that she was like this kind of like whimpering look off to the side and hold her shoulder kind of character I get that that whirlwind is supposed to be red because of Superman's cape, but I, I sure hope so. still after he left. Well, it should be purple since most of his, his uh, costume is blue. Uh, <laughs> it's true. science backgrounds getting in here him doing a lot of the calculations even though really going back to real world politics I'm pretty sure he would they wouldn't let him do that by himself I don't think he'd even have time to do that surely the president's one of the busiest people in the world doesn't have time to do really complicated math <laughs> too busy running the world yeah. And Major Force is also like he's a Green Lantern villain who is insane and is a very bad he's very much a bad guy, which is just, it's comical to me that they, they are on the pretext that he's a good guy in this movie. That's not a modest costume, is it? Power Girls I, I don't know what you're talking about. They're going for the feminist vote. Now, uh, she's voiced by uh, Alison Mack, who is everyone's favorite Chloe from Smallville, which is probably why she has a big, big of a role as she does in this movie. I'm glad you said role. <laughs> oh, man. I love all the posing in this film. Every time someone sort of lands or just shows up, they're always in this really dramatic position. Like, you're in trouble. Yeah, I think this is a pointless fight. I mean, Power Girl's on their team now, and this, it's not that big of a difference. I mean, this, this movie is kind of like a big slugfest anyway. It's not one of the deeper things. I think... Uh, John or Joe had said before, but uh, yeah, I'm starting to notice that there's like fight scenes like every every time they can throw one in, they just put another fight scene. Yeah, just to keep the audience's attention. <laughs> that was kind of cool. <laughs> well, he completely missed and he gets clocked in the face. 
What about all the people inside that building? What about them? <laughs> uh, must be construction. This this is uh you know the abandoned Daily Planet. And then the penny drops. Yeah, is this movie, I think, I don't know, I don't remember, is this movie going to get into, like, a weird political, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any, any analogs to what, what's going on here. I hope they're not. I don't think there are. I think there's probably a slightly, I think somewhere there's, there's probably a slightly left-wing message. I, I know DC have got dragged out the polls before for, um, Having apparently having a uh, left-wing socialist message in their comics, but um, I, I don't think they'd say anything overtly. I think you look too deep into it if you end up seeing some great political metaphor. Like Bob Burton, his uh, Emmy for the only line he's ever done in this movie. <laughs> yeah. And this is interesting because uh, in the comic book, Captain Adam stays till the end. Um, or here, he kind of like is taken out um, in the middle of the things. I forgot how Major Force is taken out in, in the. Uh, I think he's. I think in the comic book, when the big when Superman does that big tornado, he doesn't get up from that. <laughs> Superman kills him. No, I, I think he's just like unconscious for us for the rest of the storyline. I know in uh, DC continuity, um, Captain Atom uh, basically drains him, um, and that's how he, he dies. And then Captain Atom jumps forward seven years into the future for some unexplained reason. But that's how he dies in DC continuity, and I don't think there's plans to bring him back. Has he ever been brought back? Because he does, he does die in that uh, storyline. I don't remember he's ever been brought back. Well, the, uh, and the comic was also, uh, they, there was this weird thing about a Superman from the future coming into the Batcave and beating everybody up, and then he went back in time. <laughs> it's as stupid as it sounds, but uh, it's, it's very strange. But I don't remember if Captain Aaron's, because this was, this storyline I think came in 2003, and that's, that's, that's almost, that's been like eight years ago since. I don't know if Captain Aaron's been brought back since. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll get corrected by someone. Someone will. Yeah. The Captain Adam podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fools! How could you not know? I love how hilariously epic the failure is in this plan. <laughs> it's always fun to see like, like things like people try stuff that doesn't work in movies. Like this, it's this kind of like um, Armageddon kind of thing. Like. Surely this will work. Oh, wait, it didn't work. It actually kind of reminds me of um, an episode of Justice League where Luthor tried to... God. 
Luthor tried to uh, blow up the watchtower, and he thought he thinks he did it, but then it didn't happen. But uh, yeah, Luthor's relationship with Waller in this movie in this movie is pretty wonky. Um, it's played up a little more in this movie. In the comic books, there was that one kiss scene, but this one, it's a lot more. It's a lot more built up to uh, to everyone's discomfort. Just a little bit, but we'll leave that for Josh to be delighted by. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Yeah, there are a lot of times where the, I, don't, I don't think the president can be left this much alone when a crisis you, is going on. You also noticed there that Lex Luthor was left-handed, which may be a subtle hint to... His uh, villainy. Yeah, when days gone by when people thought left-handed people were the devil. <laughs> they are. Everyone, everyone knows that. No, but I... It's funny because in the comic books, Pete Ross was his vice president. And uh, he's nowhere to be seen here. Which I question why, since Lex Luthor was obviously... Um, he's not president anymore in the DC Universe. I wonder who the president is. Because it's not... It's not, uh, as of this recording, Barack Obama. It's not the current president. So, I'm not sure what the politics are. guys were uh, pretty much sent by the Justice Society in the comic books. Um, <laughs> I like that effect. This is magic. Yeah, like, I remember, like, Mr. T and, and uh, the Flash, Golden Age Flash, said, okay, I guess we gotta step in because Superman and Batman are making things a mess. Who's gonna take them down? And Captain Marvel and Hawkman were like, oh, we're not doing anything. We can do it. And then that was like the cliffhanger for that issue. Has Captain Marvel always had no eyes? Just slits? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like the, the CC Binder, the creator, kind of always drew him with that squinty-eyed look, which Superman had for a long time when he was first created. I'd just like to point out now for a <sighs> bit later on in this film that Hawkman is flapping his wings, which means they are real and attached to him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that, Joe? Oh, uh, just just you wait. I guess you're sitting on his back. <laughs> is that another, is that another one on your on your plot hole list? Catholic, this is this is right out of the comic. One of many. <laughs> Batman has like a, a a wristwatch rocket on his on his glove because you never know when you might need it. I like this thing here where Batman has a nice change of heart and he's kind of just like, oh god, he's you've completely forgot he's a child and not just a a superhero. Yeah, in the comic books, he actually think his inner monologue thinking that. He, he does forget that Captain Marvel is just a boy and who he says he's like around Robin's age, who was Tim Drake at the time. He says, what's going on? 
haha, he's regretting his empathy now. <laughs> never turn your back on a child. You never know when they might cast down lightning on you. Not sure if it's just me, but I think Captain Marvel looks a bit like uh, Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> he does. He has, like, he has like the hair and like the sideburns, the the, the, the massive sideburns. I like this change where like Luther's like, calm down, everything's fine. I like you know the city's going to heck in a handbasket. Even if I was going to die, I don't think I'd buy lima beans ever. They are horrible. Just yeah, just buy straight up peas. <laughs> Here's the infamous sex scene from the movie. <laughs> For lack of a better, I'm just saying that so Josh can gasp. Yeah, I feel the mass orgy at the end was a bit unnecessary, really. <laughs> well, I didn't think so. <laughs> you know what? I don't. Why? I'm trying to remember why Luthor put kryptonite in the system because in the comic books. He had a kryptonite ring, and that alone gave him cancer and made him lose his arm. He had a clock from that, so now he puts kryptonite into his body. That's that's a rather that's that's a plot hole in itself. Here again, I think it's the only way to get lovely defined veins. His <laughs> <laughs> steroids are just way too expensive. And venom's in the wrong universe. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful! <laughs> I just love how freaked <laughs> I love how freaked out she is. Josh, what what did you think? Yeah, man. Still, I don't know. I'm just like kind of. I'm trying to think just what her reaction was right there, like what, what she's. Thinking like, I was like, what are you? It's awkward. Okay, so this is one of the biggest plot holes in the movie. That <laughs> Batman is wearing Hawkman's wings, but as we saw earlier, they're real. So he's ripped them off of him and just attached <laughs> them to his back. My favorite part is the fact that Batman is confident that he has the physique to look like Hawkman. Not only that, but like, honestly, I, I do think that Hawkman has mechanical wings every now and then, whether he, whether he has real wings or not. So I, I think even that, or Batman uses his bat Hawkman impersonator wings from his utility belt, because he just saw the occasion for this. I'm, I'm going to go with Batman is so psychotic, he's ripped the wings out of Hawkman and stitched them onto his back. <laughs> that might be a deleted scene. Using the yeah. needle he, they, uh, Alfred used to fix Superman's costume earlier. Yes, yeah, you see, it has a million uses. She's probably not supposed to, but she does remind me of Consuela from Family Guy. <laughs> She's a physique. Mr. Luthor not here now. <laughs> I like the design of that bat wing. I think it's pretty cool. It looks like a uh, a high tech military missile. 
I don't think it is. A, I think it's. I don't think it is the Batwing. I think it's a, just a fighter that they found in the the hangar that conveniently looks like one. Well, if the president of the United States had a plane that looks like the Batwing, I'm all for it. That would be very cool. I kind of walking like you know you can't get away. Run and get that guy. I'm still wondering why Lex Luthor has gills under his arms. So that said, your comment about the, having the bat thing there, Lex Luthor's got his his uh, kryptonite suit, so perhaps it is quite conceivable Batman would have a bat. He has his Iron Man suit. So <laughs> yeah. playing like the 90, 1990s cartoon Iron Man theme. Ah! Somebody shoot him in the head, not in the... His, Suit of armor. Well, his suit of armor is the most weakest part of his body. <laughs> Not his bald, shining head, which is a glorious target. <laughs> yeah, that's right out of Super Friends, that design. Oh, he's completely lost at this point. I'm sorry, all I can think of now that you've, you've mentioned Iron Man is the uh, song by Black Sabbath, Iron Man. It's just playing in my head as I watch this now. <laughs> This is an interesting twist. Some were always thinking that I was always confused when I was reading the comic originally. Uh, they're going to Toy Man, but Toy Man is a bad guy, isn't he? And as it turns out. How could I a guy be named are... Toy Man be a bad guy? I think there are actually three Toy Men, aren't there? Probably. I'm a little weak on that. I know there are at least two. Obviously there are two. Like how uncomfortable Power Girl is. <laughs> like, I don't know. They really set themselves up for this. And there's a notorious shot in the comic book where Batman tells Power Girl, go, go to destroy. He, he's 13 year old. Find a way to distract him. Say, how can I possibly distract a 13 year old? Oh, <laughs> so. See, I don't really know as much about this this version of Toy Man. This, I think this is the only time I've ever seen him. How comes his coat's not catching fire from the flames coming out of the jetpack? <laughs> Just go with it. It looks like a cross between Akira and Goku from Dragon Ball Z. I have been told that I look a bit like um, Goku from Dragon Ball Z at the moment because I try to bleach my hair and it has gone bright yellow. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to one of the crazier parts of this entire thing. <laughs> Which is funny because his name is Hero, so he kind of worships himself. <laughs> that was that Can it work? Does Power Girl have big? Well, okay, it works. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
interface. Technically, Superman can do it because Superman has, I think, maybe. It's funny how um, he was using his computer, but only about five keys. The most important keys in the computer. Well, I don't know. Does, does, does Japan have a QWERTY, QWERTY, a QWERTY keyboard? Hmm. Do they even have QWERTY? The Japanese equivalent to QWERTY. Maybe he's stolen the uh, the keyboard from the 1966 Batcave because they <laughs> just press buttons on that randomly. With, with everything happily labeled. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Toy Man a Superman villain? Or yeah, that's the thing, because he, he he is a Superman villain, but like this version clearly isn't. I think like around the Jeff Lowe sort because like there was around this time uh there was a lot of new age versions of characters. In fact, in fact there's an entire chapter of the original comic that's not in this movie. Where it has Batgirl, Superboy, Steel, and they're all like they're all they are all like different versions of the kind of characters. They're they're more modern versions at that time. So <laughs> so I think that um Toy Man was just going along with that idea. Luthor's completely I just got my uh Batman encyclopedia and there are three Toy Men. There's a there's um Winslow Scott, and then he retired briefly and was taken over by Jack Nimble, and they're both villains for Metropolis. But there's also Hiro Okamura, who is the uh, toy man we're looking at at the moment. Winslow Scott, I remember, is, is like the original toy man that was on the animated series. Thank God, the Batman encyclopedia. <laughs> Thank <And> God. Joe. <laughs> Because otherwise we would always within arm's reach. <laughs> exactly. Pulled out of his bat utility belt. There's another one of Batman's suicidal tendencies that he shows a lot in the animated series. <laughs> like Hero. Oh no. That's a nice shot. Okay, everyone looking, he, Batman got into the head of the giant robot rocket ship. Maybe that's how you enter the thing, smart guy. <laughs> as, as Superman's getting the life beaten out of him by a baldy McShiny head. I love that Hero thought it was relevant enough to have Superman's quiff on the rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not Superman without it. I mean, I don't, I don't know if Lex, Lex Luthor has ever been portrayed as this utterly insane before, at least in the comics. Even in the, even in the storyline, he was definitely crazy when he got into the suit because, I mean, look at it. But uh, at this point, he's like he's like manic. Wouldn't they be vaporized by the incredibly intense heat of the rockets powering... Stop doing my job, John. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Well, it's, I, you didn't pick up on it, Jay. I thought I'd steal it. 
And you were too quick. You were quick to the Superman's pissed. <laughs> I, I like that. I think it's pretty cool. Ugh. What about Lois? Male friend, I suppose. <laughs> this is really violent. <laughs> I also like how like, the rockets are, are in place of the capes. And Batman knows exactly how to pilot this thing without any prep time or even instruction. Of course. <laughs> this movie shows us the most scientific Batman's ever gotten because he knows just the right thing for just the right occasion. Lex Luthor doesn't have a helmet. What? Why is he trying to get into space? He will die. <laughs> oh, he, no, he's not, he's not trying to get into space. He's just trying to fly away from Superman. From Superman punching him in the face repeatedly. Now, they fly... Uh, they fly from Japan all the way to America. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know if there's a time skip in this fight scene, but like they fly within seconds... To another to another continent. You're forgetting the time difference. Oh yeah, that sent him in the hyperspace. <laughs> That's cool. Superman's like, Krypton doesn't affect me anymore. Oink. If they're traveling that fast, I don't think the sound particles would have reached Lexi, so they probably would have just been whipped behind them. Superman's just about killed him. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, he shouldn't be... He shouldn't be alive. And they're in Metropolis right now, which everyone thinks is, like, like the... From Japan to New York in about 45 seconds. The famous Batman squint that we all know and love. When you saw just the glows of uh, the laser vision in Superman's eyes, you saw how close they were together, <laughs> which you don't really notice otherwise. He was cross-eyed until until you turned it on. Maybe that's why he wears glasses as Clark Kent. <laughs> to fix his cross-eyed vision. That's, that's a nice effect. Like, like, like right to and left. Yeah, you, uh, you also saw very clearly that Batman was in the head of the rocket. I, well... <laughs> you seem to be building up to something. Now, the comic was... Uh, in the comic books, uh, for whatever reason, Captain Adam jumped into the... Into the Superman, Batman, Gundam, and suicided the the meteor, but uh, Batman did it, which is why like whatever happens, whenever whatever happens happens, I'm very upset because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Falcon punch. Like, Hooray! The president's in Pickendale. <laughs> like people don't know that Lex Luthor was was a bad guy until that point. For all they know, Superman just like, you know, 
took a baseball bat to the president and just went a swinging. Kryptonite particles sort of floating around space, do they not slowly make their way down to Earth? Uh, because, like, the world, gosh. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe that's why Captain Atom went up there in the first place, so he could absorb them. Well, that was the thing, like, Superman really couldn't do it because the, the, the Kryptonite would have killed him. And also, Kryptonite is on Earth for the, for the, for the very reason that Krypton exploded, and the parts of Krypton that reached Earth's atmosphere were radiated to become kryptonite. Wait, so, sorry, uh, what, what's Batman sitting in right now? <laughs> the, the chest plate. Oh, that's what yeah, you were building that, up to. Yeah, I, I thought he was very clearly sitting in the head of the rocket, but he appears to be sitting in the uh, on the shield, which may look iconic, but it is wrong. Yeah, this I, I gotta say this doesn't make any sense. So when I was when I first watched this, I was like, "There's no way you could have survived." I was just I was just like, cynical, cynical Joe. Somehow he hit that meteor head on, and it's completely fine. It's not a scratch on him <laughs> because he's Batman, don't you know? And Batman's like out everything. in the day. Batman's out in the day, which I always find slightly odd. Yeah. God bless America. God bless me. And that, kids, is why you don't do kryptonite. <laughs> don't, don't do, whenever somebody hands you kryptonite on schoolyards, just say no. <laughs> and here's Lois. Joe, I, I think you should do an infomercial uh, to warn of the dangers of, of kryptonite. I could also point out though that Lois wasn't wearing ear guards in a helicopter. That's not, I like that. I really like that as a, as a last line. That Superman's like, "Hey, party with me and Lois." He's like, "I can't." It's like, "Come on, it's early," and then that disappears. Because he's mentioned Lois a couple of times earlier in the movie, so it's a nice little bookend. The Daily Planet building's been repaired after the epic <laughs> fight earlier. Well, the abandoned Daily Planet building, don't you know? So, uh, with that, the credits are rolling, and that was Superman, ba- <coughs> Crap. Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. Final thoughts, everybody. Um, uh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Josh, why are you so- uh, well, it was it was okay. It was wasn't a uh, yeah. Obviously, a lot of plot holes and stuff and problems, but at least it kind of kept my interest with all the fight scenes. I guess even though I'm usually not someone who's into those, into having too many fight scenes. But I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like the greatest movie of all time either. Well, then, do you reckon you'll buy it on DVD then, Josh? If you get the opportunity, or are you not gonna bother? Um, 
probably, pro- yeah, probably, probably wouldn't. I don't know the um, the rewatchability of uh, this one. You know, it's something that I may watch like again down the road, but it's nothing like I would need like on hand all the time. Um. Well, Joe obviously liked it a lot with him as wonderful uh, buckles. Yeah, but that's kind of the reason I enjoy it. I, the same reason why you'd watch something like Batman and Robin. You just watch it if you want to have fun. I wouldn't. I could never take it seriously. <laughs> but uh, I could. I could definitely watch it again. Yeah, I think as you guys have said, it's very mindless. Um, massive <laughs> plot hole. Um, I I don't think I'd watch this again unless I was I wanted to watch something just to take the mickey out of it's definitely designed for children despite being rated PG-13 yeah despite it being rated PG-13 and power rules costume and power girls and Lex Luthor vomiting up blood and Lex Luthor (laughs) vomiting up blood Metallo getting atomized. Yeah, and atomized. In front of all the children. Yeah, and the creepy kiss between uh, Amanda between Waller. Amanda Waller and... and... <laughs> <laughs> it's for kids. You guys are freak. Well, yeah. adult versions rated PG-3. Mine's rated R. I mean, this has like 15 hours worth of uh, more expletive comment, uh, content. It's just great. Yeah, um, like I said before in the earlier parts, um, I dig it just for the re- representation of Batman and Superman's relationship. I find it very interesting, and uh, I thought it was – this is probably one of the, one of the best uh, presentations of it I've seen. Uh, it doesn't make much sense. There's a lot of pointless fighting, and uh, the animation is actually not that very good sometimes. But it's entertaining for what it is. Um and uh, I would suggest if you want to be entertained for 70 minutes, yeah, pick this up. Uh, so uh, um, going from John to Joe to Josh to myself, how would you rate this out of five batterings? I'd give this three out of five batterings. Okay. What about you, Joe? I'd probably give it three as well. Josh? I would say this is probably... I'd probably give it three and a half because it was enjoyable for what it was. Yeah, I'll, I'll round you guys out by saying three as well. Three. Um, not great, but not bad. It's fun, decently entertaining. But uh, barring that... Um, yeah, okay. So that was the uh, commentary for Superman Batman Public Enemies. We really hope you enjoyed it as, as half as much as we loved talking about it, clearly. Um, uh, I'm Donovan. I'm John. I'm Joe. I'm still Josh. You've been listening to the Batman Universe Specials Podcast. We'll see you next time at the movies. Bye. Au revoir. Adios. <laughs>